How can we as creative educators and entrepreneurs find our authentic voice, get real in a world where real is hard to come by and share our vision all while making some serious money and keeping it all balanced. Hey, it's Alyssa with the Teacher Hustle Podcast. I'm a teacher, mom to three toddlers, self-proclaimed French fry connoisseur, and a marketing and launch strategist to teachers. I'm answering all your burning questions about starting and growing an online business using your teacher genius. In these podcasts meets magazine-style episodes, I'll give you simple mindset shifts, business tips, and inspiration to help you turn your passion into an income that makes an impact without being overly complicated. You know that one thing you can't stop talking about? We're going to share it with the world. So grab a cup of coffee and let's bring your wildest ideas to life. On season three of the Teacher Hustle podcast, I'm bringing you one purposeful interview each month. I want to bring you people I've worked with in my journey to entrepreneurship, people I know will help you along your journey as well. And this episode is going to be one you'll want to listen and re-listen to. Megan Hale is one of my business coaches. She's a business strategist and she's also a money mentor for freedom-driven entrepreneurs who are ready to step into what she calls feel good money to create sustainable, aligned business growth. Her work is focused on helping you take leap after quantum leap by building a rock solid foundation in your business that taps into four key layers of flow, your offer flow, cash flow, marketing flow, and energy flow. As a former psychotherapist with a soulful perspective and certified in profit first, Megan brings her rich business strategy and expertly blends both practical and intuitive strategy with the how-to of money to help you consciously create a business that intentionally funds your dreams. Her core values are freedom, integrity, and equity, and she believes our businesses can and should be powerful vehicles for creating a more just world. You can check out her 2% pledge on her website for how to get involved in leveraging your business for social change. She's currently based in Omaha, Nebraska. She is an Air Force spouse and mama to two boys. You can connect with her at meganhale.co for all things feel good money and sustainable business growth. And we'll include all of the links in the show notes. Here is the interview with Megan. I am so excited to introduce you all today to one of my business coaches, Megan Hale, who is absolutely brilliant and knows all about money. So she is going to be our feature interview for this money month. So Megan, welcome. And we are so excited to hear from you. I am so excited to be here in this new series that you're doing. So thank you so much for having me be a part of it. Thanks for being first. I told you (laughs) before the interview that you were going to be first. And I think this is a great first episode for sure. First interview episode. So can you tell us for those who don't know you and aren't familiar with your work, um, what's your background? Kind of how did you get to where you are today? And tell us a little bit about what you're up to today, what your business is all about. For sure. So I think I'll start in the present moment. (laughs) So... (laughs) What the work that I do now, I am a business strategist and a money coach for freedom driven entrepreneurs who are mostly service based. So their businesses really have a, a any sort of combination of courses, programs, one on one work. 
um, digital products, masterminds, certifications, anything that they're really taking their brilliance and creating methodology around it, and then facilitating that methodology in a variety of ways, right? So packaging it up in a way that really honors their energy. And so that is the work that I do now. Um, but the way that I came to this work is I have my roots in psychotherapy. And when I was a practicing psychotherapist, my area of expertise was really helping people live true to who they are. So really having deeper authenticity and really understanding their values and who they wanted to be in the world and really giving themselves the permission, the support, the tools uh, to really expand into that fuller version. And so as I moved into the coaching space, that has kind of translated into really helping people build businesses that serve as those containers, right? For them to become fuller expressions of who they are and the work that they're meant to be doing and the impact that they're meant to be making. And then I blend um, money work all the way into that. And so the money work that I do now is partly inner work of really understanding the personal relationship dynamics that we have with money. And so really blending a lot of my background from psychotherapy um, into how this intersects with money beliefs, transgenerational money stories, um, money safety, all of these things. But then I'm also certified in a methodology called Profit First, which is really here to help you understand what sustainable margins look like in your business. So you're not only making more money, but also keeping more money to intentionally fund your dreams. And so that is the work that I do now. Wow, that is such a great scope of work that all kind of comes together. And I love especially what you said about who do I want to be in this world? And I think some of my listeners maybe have not thought about their business yet in that way. They are they kind of go into things initially thinking, well, I'm just going to, you know, do this a little bit on the side of teaching. I'm going to make a little extra money and that'll be nice. But we're not thinking about the full greater impact that we're having and stepping into that and really thinking outside of the box and thinking about how we are having that greater impact. So I love hearing you say all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think businesses can absolutely start as like a means to an end. Like we just need more money, you know? Um, But I think that business can also be so much more layered than that. It can really be a container for our own personal expansion where we can really kind of think about all of the gifts that we have to share and how we want to bring those forward into our businesses in really creative ways. Like that's one of my favorite things to to help people do um, is to really think about how they can bring their their full magic to the table and really um, step into the biggest impact that they're here to make. Bring your full magic to the table. I'm writing that down. I like that one. (laughs) So as teachers, a lot of us kind of struggle with the money piece, at least for sure in the beginning, if not the entire time that we are in our business. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time we're struggling because we are so used to uh, being a teacher and Mm -hmm. getting a paycheck. And that just has so many different levels of uh, mindset shift that has to occur for us to truly step mm-hmm. into the role of entrepreneur. So what would you say to those of us who are trying uh, to make a little more money? We're maybe stepping out and being a bit salesy. We're charging for our services and for our products. Um, but we don't want to shy away from that because we know we we deserve to make more and we 
will have more impact when we have more money. So what advice do you have for us for stepping into earning more instead of shying away or feeling guilty about it? I have a lot to share about this. So you know, I, I hear a very similar mindset with a lot of therapists too. And mm-hmm. I, I would imagine that I think of teachers just very similar as I think as of therapists, like we are helpers mm-hmm. and we are healers. That is one of the main motivations for why we got into that career field to begin with, because we feel a deep calling to help people and to support people. Right. And I would imagine, you know, I, I have never gone to school to become a teacher, but I would imagine that there is a story there that is very similar to the story that we get when we're becoming therapists is that you don't go into this field to make money, right? Yeah. So there's already an expectation that to want money from this field, from your knowledge, from this skill set, is likely not going to happen. And that there's also like an even deeper negative story that can be underneath that, that to want to go into this field and make money is wrong. And it's greedy or it's, um, you know, whatever that is, (laughs) selfish, right? So there's a lot of different money stories that kind of show up along this path. And so I think the thing that I have really had to navigate for myself is that it creates this dichotomy or this dissonance when we want to make money, but we feel guilty for wanting to make money. And so what's going to end up happening in our businesses when this dissonance is present is that we're not going to feel good about charging for our work. We're not going to feel good about asking to receive money for our work. We will likely feel bad or that we are creating financial hardship for people if we raise our prices. So there's a lot of shrinking that can kind of happen when we're holding this negative bias towards money. And so the biggest shift that really came for me is that I had to see money as the air my business needed to breathe. That was it. Mm-hmm. And that without money, my business couldn't reach the people that it was meant to reach. It couldn't serve the people it was here to help. It couldn't do the work that it was here to do. And so money really supported the mission of it. It supported the purpose of it. And it allowed me to be supported by it too. And so giving yourself permission to be financially supported, that it's okay to be financially supported. It's okay to want to be financially supported, to be financially independent. Like all of those things, we have to start knowing that that's okay and starting to minimize that dissonance. And the more we lean into that, it's not going to be like this overnight snap your fingers kind of thing. But the more we lean into that permission and that okayness, that dissonance is going to start to dissipate. And that's when we can walk into a lot more freedom with what we think about money, how we want money, all of those things. I think I am going to need to play that over and over and (laughs) over for myself because like I said before, it, you know, it happens in the beginning when you're first starting your business, but then it pops up over and over as you start to grow. Mm-hmm. The guilt comes back again. It really never ends this whole money mindset work and giving yourself permission. I love what you said about money being the air. My business needs to breathe. I wrote that one down too. It's just something that I think we need to repeat and come back to and get support with too. Like, don't think you're the only one. And there are people like Megan out there that can help you through some of these thoughts because they can knock you down if you don't deal with them. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think the other thing is too. I mean, and this might be going a little bit too deep for our conversation today, but I really do like to think about money as I would a person. And so if you are here to help and support others, I also want you to allow money to help and support you. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm having these light bulb moments myself over here, just thinking about, and I, and the fact that money allows you to have more impact. Yes. Yes. And more support. So you can have more impact. Like all yeah. of those things start to ripple out um, with money. But I think the other thing is too, is, you know, thinking about the relationship that you have with money and the beliefs you hold around it. You know, some of the most life shifting work that I've done is really seeing money as something that loves me. And money is here to like really support my dreams and to co-create them with me. So thinking about it as a partnership can be really helpful. Instead of thinking about what do I need to do to earn this money? It's like we can get into like this proving, hustling um, place and perfecting, like all of this stuff starts to show up, right? Um, But when we already know that like money is already here to support us, we don't have to earn that. Like it's already here. It's already happening. We can kind of start to think about this as a co-creation. And know that, um, you know, money is here to see us when it's here to see us step into more bigness and more impact and more support and all of those things. And that can, that can sometimes start to create a little bit more safety to receive it and ask for it and charge for it and all of those things. Yeah. And then going into the logistics side of things, because you have that side too, being profit first certified, how can we use our money goals to determine how we are spending and saving and investing that money once we once we do earn it what do we do with it yeah so i mean first of all i think it's important to have anchored revenue goals first and foremost mm-hmm. and typically when people come into my world they're not used to having an anchored revenue goal they don't, they don't even know what an anchored revenue goal is and so For me, an anchored revenue goal means you know with laser precision exactly how much you need to earn in order to have your life supported, your business supported, your taxes covered, um, being able to give some away, being able to invest back into your business, being able to save a little bit so you have profit, you know, at the end of the day. And so for me, everything starts with understanding that number first and foremost, And then also starting to say, okay, so if I'm able to do that, which in my terminology, terminology, that's your good goal, how much do my dreams actually cost, right? And then that kind of starts to move into like our better and best goal of like, what are the financial goals that I have for myself? What are my financial dreams? And really starting to have very clear numbers. So we're not just picking this number from the sky, right? Um, it, It has a lot more meaning associated with it. So I think that that's step one. The second piece to all of that is then having a money system in place. So as you are earning that money, you know how to steward that money. So it's doing what you want it to do. And that's why I love Profit First so much because it acts like a digital envelope system that as money comes into your business, you're setting aside a portion of that for each of your financial needs. And so a portion of that will go back into the business to reinvest. A portion of that will go into, you know, taxes So all of those are always covered for you. A portion of that will go into your personal paycheck from your business and so on and so on. And so it allows you to start managing money with a higher level of precision and discernment, which 
can really build a lot more money confidence um, and money mastery, which I love. I love that. And for anyone listening, Megan, as part of setting my good, better, and best goal, as part of setting the best goal, she had me actually price out some of the things that were on my vision board. And actually, I think I know my best goal down to like how many cents I need <laughs> per yes. year to get to that that vision board. But sometimes we find ourselves vision boarding. We go that far, but we don't actually assign a number to it. And that can be really, really powerful. Yeah. And I think for that happens for two reasons. Because one, we can have a revenue number in mind that we think is going to be enough to pay for our dreams. But if we don't actually calculate how much our dreams cost, we might that number might actually not be enough, right? And so we're going to build this business that can generate this amount of revenue. And then it doesn't actually get us where we want to be. So that's one one drawback of not doing this this work. The other is that we can actually think that we need more money in order to reach a dream than is actually needed. And in this situation, we're going to be putting a lot more financial pressure on ourselves and our businesses to earn all of this money to reach this dream when we actually could reach that dream with less. And so that's why I think it's really helpful to have that anchored revenue number in mind to know exactly how much you need to earn to make dreams real and all of those things, um, because it'll eliminate both of those issues. And do you revisit those? Do you? Oh, yeah. Them? Yeah. 100%. And the thing that's important about that is when we move through different seasons of our lives, we have different financial priorities based on those seasons. And so in some seasons, we might be very focused on saving, right? Because there's something that we want to buy in the future. And then once we buy that thing, that priority isn't there anymore. And so then maybe we want to invest more money and start putting things away into like our call, our children's college funds or whatever that is, right? And so then that's going to be the priority for that season. And so we really need to check in with what priorities are from season to season, because those shift and evolve as we do. Yeah. Okay. Can you tell us about the quantum leap? What is that? And then how can we accomplish it? Yes. So the quantum leap is when we design your business to generate one whole year of sustainable cash flow that meets six key financial needs. And so those six key financial needs means that your personal salary is met for the year. So if you need to pay yourself, you know, two grand a month, three grand a month, five grand a month, whatever that is, that that need is met, that all of your business expenses, how much it costs you to run your business every single month, that need is met. Now we're also setting aside enough money for taxes for the year that we also are setting aside a portion of money to save a little, give a little, and invest a little. And all three of those pieces are really important for stepping into a very solid relationship with money. So a quantum leap is when we design your business to generate that level of cash flow. But the thing that makes my model a little bit unique is that we're really thinking about how do we create one offer, just one offer, just one revenue stream that can meet that financial goal, because that's really going to be the foundation for sustainability. Because a lot of uh, the entrepreneurs that I work with, when they come to me, they're trying to sell 9 million things just to get their needs met. And they're very exhausted. They're very run down because their energy is split into all these different directions. And so my work is to really help them streamline and simplify their business model and also baking a lot more sustainability in to the way their business is running, 
the things that they're selling, the money they're trying to earn and all of those things. I think when you look at it that way, it kind of helps you reverse engineer your good, better and best goal, but also gives you that comfort that that one revenue stream has got you covered and you, you can only grow from there. Yes. Yeah. So if you build mastery and selling that one revenue stream, and then those needs are met, the first thing that happens is you breathe a big sigh of relief, right? Because you're off of that, that month to month cash flow cycle that so many of us find ourselves in, because it really does allow you to secure a whole year of revenue when we design your business that way. And so when you have a whole month of revenue that's secured and coming in, I mean, so much of your financial worry starts to be lessened. Like there's so many internal shifts that start to happen um, with our relationship with money, which is a really powerful thing. But the other thing is, is that that's the foundation of building momentum. Because once you have all of that revenue secured, then it's like, okay, what's next, right? And now we can start stacking more and more money into our businesses, um, which becomes a really fun, fun thing to do um, as you grow. It's all very strategic, but I love the way that you also mix in the woo, for lack of a better word, like gotta have some <laughs> really thinking about the work you're meant to be doing. Also, mm-hmm. it's not just about money; it's about the balance of the two. Well, that's going to be the easiest thing for you to sell, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, if we want to have a successful sales process for the clients I work with, who are so deeply grounded in integrity, right? <laughs> that yeah. The easiest sell you can ever make is offering something that you so truly believe in and that holds all of your gifts, right? It, it will excite you to no end, to know that you get to show up and serve in that way and that you get to use your gifts and your wisdom in that way. And so it makes the sale itself so much easier because you know the value of it and you know the outcome of it. Like, you know, all of the beautiful things that are going to come from doing this work. And that's just going to generate, I mean, feel good money. Like (laughs) that's what I'm about. It's like, it's really about feel good money. And so I'm all about that of thinking about what's the way that we can really bring our gifts to the table, create an offer that really lights us up, um, that generates that whole year of sustainable cash flow in the process. So it starts, it starts with the purpose of the work first and foremost, and doing the work that you're most most called to do but pricing it, structuring it in a very strategic way. So it sets you up for uh, sustainable success. So great. And um, I saw all of that reflected in your latest launch. So you recently launched your program flow Mm -hmm. and I was in awe during the whole launch, just kind of watching you because the way that you launched your program was so different than anything I've ever seen before. It was genuine. It was, you used the word spacious. It felt abundant. You never rushed anyone. You never put a countdown timer up. You did not um, push people to make a decision. It truly, you knew that what you had to offer was going to help the entrepreneurs that joined the program. And you could tell that you truly believed that. Um, and we're not, I think we're not really used to hearing that language during a launch. So I would love for you to share, if you don't mind, some of your key takeaways from your latest launch where you were really kind of giving people the space to make a decision rather than pushing that urgency. Yeah. I mean, I think 
when I start any launch process, like the first question that I ask myself is how do I want my people to feel when they're in this process with me? And typically the answer is pretty much the same, (laughs) you know, at, at this point, but I really want my people to feel called to this work. I want them to feel pulled to it, like have a deep sense of alignment and resonance with what it is that we're doing. I want them to know that our values are aligned and I don't want them to feel like there's this, this rush or this FOMO or anything that is making them feel pressured into the yes. Right. And so everything that I do when I go into launch design is really around how do I ensure that's how my people feel? Because for any launch process, there's going to be some level of organic urgency because, you know, you're going to move out of the launch period at some point because we can stay in the launch period forever, right? And so at some point, like this level of engagement that we are in is going to end because the program is starting or the doors are going to close or, you know, whatever that is. And so really using that as the only urgency was something that I was really intentional about. And this was a very, very spacious launch. Like it was a very long launch process. Flow has a lot of things going on. There's a lot of layers. There's an equitable pricing model. There's guest coaches. Um, There's four different layers that we're focusing on inside this 12-month container. Um, So many big pieces that I knew that I was going to need time and space to really communicate them effectively, especially around the values that we're holding inside this community and what makes it different. So I gave myself the space and time to fully show up and effectively communicate all of those pieces. And the weirdest piece of feedback that I got, which I was totally not expecting, but it makes sense now, is people said this was the most thorough launch I've ever seen. I literally have zero questions. <laughs> like, really? Like, that is just, that's never happened to me before. But I guess I did my job of really showing up and being super clear about know what this program is, who it was for, how it was going to help and all of those things. So I think one of one piece of this comes through the the strategy and the design of the launch process. The second piece of it comes from the space that you're holding for yourself. Um, Anytime we're going to go and do something big, opening a cart, for instance, waiting for sales to come in, that's a very vulnerable time for most of us because we don't know how it's going to go. We don't know the cadence to which sales are going to come in. There's a lot of uncertainty. But if you want your people to feel spacious, you have to really hold that space to yourself that like everything's happening in perfect timing. There's no need for me to rush. There's no need for me to freak out. Um, We're not going to do that perfectly. Like I definitely had my moments (laughs) during this. I mean, it's a six week process, right? Yeah. So definitely had some days where I was like, I don't know if this is going to happen. I don't know how it's going to go. Um. But I think you have to trust the strategy that you've put into place and ride that wave to completion and really center your clients and how you want them to experience that process with you. I think that's going to lead to the highest outcome every time. I think that even the listeners who are thinking, well, I don't do, you know, big launches, still great advice in marketing in general, trust your strategy, trust yourself you do know your people best and you do know what you're doing. You're listening to this podcast, so you're learning, but also intuitively, you know what your people need and that's just going to attract the right people. Also, I noticed you said you you work with people who are grounded in integrity and you attract those people because you are grounded in integrity and you are giving them that space and 
making them feel just that abundance. So, yes. So along the lines of um, integrity and kind of sticking to your values, which is something I really admire about you, you have something called the 2% pledge. Can you tell Mm -hmm. us about that? Yeah. So in 2018, after I took my first quantum leap, so my first quantum leap happened at the end of 2017. I was getting ready to go on maternity leave. My second little boy had a one and a half year old at the time. And my husband was getting ready to deploy for six months, like three weeks after we had him. And I was like, how in the world am I going to meet some big business dreams with so much on my plate? And it really invited me to get really creative with the space that I wanted to hold, um, the work that I wanted to do and how I could really, really design that. So it was going to be honoring of my energy because I knew I wasn't going to have a whole lot to give. And so I created one offer that doubled my revenue working half the time. It was like a game changer for me. I'm like, what have I been doing the past three years? Um, (laughs) But one of my biggest goals that following year of 2018 was I wanted to pay off $30,000 in debt. I wanted to pay myself more because I, I paid myself very little in my business up until that point, which was leading to some resentment. And I also wanted to step into a giving company. And in September of that year, I paid off $30,000 in debt. And I stepped into a 5% giving company. And so 5% of every single dollar that walks through my door goes back to giving to organizations that are creating more equity in the world. And so that was a practice that I maintained and I held and I still do it to this day. And then working with other businesses of all different sizes, you know, 5%, it might sound like not much, but when you start thinking about like every single dollar has a purpose, like 5% can sometimes feel like a lot when you're really looking at the actual dollars. And so what I started to notice is that 5% felt like a lot for people to step into, like they wanted to give, but this was creating a barrier for them in order to do it sustainably. So I started to look at what a sustainable give back would look like for companies, no matter what their size was. And 2% seemed to be this place where people could step into it and then maintain it because that was the most important piece to me for me is that I wanted this to be something that people could continue doing, not just giving once, but continuing to give. And that was really the foundation of the 2% pledge. And so this is a public and personal promise for entrepreneurs to donate at least 2% of their revenue towards organizations that are creating equitable change. And if you go and take the 2% pledge, it will ask you to start giving 1% of your revenue right away and to grow into 2% over the next 12 months. Because again, I want this to be a sustainable journey for you. And then at the end of those 12 months, if you feel like you can give 3%, 4%, whatever that looks like for you, um, you know, you can make that decision at that time. But it's really around thinking about giving in a sustainable way that's also contributing to the world that we want to see. I love that so much. And where can the listeners find uh, where they can take the 2% pledge and how can they connect with you? Yes. So my website is the best place to go. You can go to meganhale.co. That's .co. You'll see the 2% pledge there if you want to take it and read all of the description about it and all of my offers and, and all of the things. Everything lives right over there. Perfect. Thank you so much, Megan. This was a really great talk. And I know that it's one that people will play again and again as they work through some of this money mindset stuff. um, And as you say, kind of step into the work they're meant to do. So thank you. 
Of course. And I will say too, um, there is an amazing money series that I've done on one of my old podcasts called Wild and Holy Radio. So if you are interested in doing some of this inner work, I really walk you through so many powerful layers of shifting the way money feels in both your life and your business. So if you start at episode 27, I'll walk you through all of those beautiful gems over there. Oh, perfect. I'm going to go listen and we will put that in the show notes as well so people can hop over and listen to that. Thank you. Of course. How good was that interview with Megan? I want to wrap up the interview with a few of my own thoughts. So at the end of these interviews, I'm going to do a segment where I share my top three takeaways from that interview. And I think for me, the three takeaways from this interview, the first is just how Megan was talking about how you should step into what you are called to do. And that when you do that, everything else falls into place. And I think a lot of us are trying to figure out what is it that we're called to do. We feel as though teaching is our calling, and that's true. But we have the sense that there's a little bit more or that we could be doing more. And so that lies in figuring out what is the work that you love to do the most. Is it stepping into some creative work and designing instructional resources? Is it getting your ideas out through the form of a course or a workshop? Is it putting together physical products or curating subscription boxes? Or is it truly serving others and serving other entrepreneurs or serving other teacher business owners? And what does that look like for you? You may not know it at first, but the key is just taking a step toward what feels good and then following your intuition. On my last coaching call with Megan, something she said to me, she saw me kind of lighting up about one area of my business. And she said, maybe that is the body of work that you need to move into because that is where you're really lighting up. And so even when we think we know what we've been called to do, it can shift and change. And so revisiting all that is really smart. The second takeaway that I really will remember from this episode was Megan's point about the fact that money allows you to share your magic with the world. Money is really the vehicle for you getting your ideas out into the world and making that greater impact. We can keep our ideas locked inside our the four walls of our classroom. We can close our classroom doors and not share, but... Starting our businesses for a little financial freedom that we deserve and want actually propels us toward greater impact. And without money, we couldn't make that impact. So I think that's one to write down and repeat. I know I will when we feel like we're being too salesy or we feel like we've got to raise our prices, but but this is just not going to be good or this is um, people are going to be so angry that I've increased my prices. But remember that it is money that allows you to share that magic. And there are plenty of people out there who are more than willing to pay money for the time you're going to save them, for the convenience, for the growth, whatever it is, whatever the goal is or whatever they're going to get from working with you, you know, they're willing to pay. And the third takeaway for me was that when you're grounded in your purpose, selling becomes really easy. And I found that to be true. I absolutely believe that when you 
get your light bulb moment when you realize what it is you were called to do, selling is so easy because you just know that people will benefit from that and you know it is going to be worth their money and you know you're making a difference. So when you can ground yourself in purpose, that always helps. So I want you to leave this podcast episode with the reminder to trust yourself, reminder to lean into what you are called to do, and that you do have a larger purpose and you are on the right path. So trust yourself to keep going. Trust yourself with your strategy, your business strategy, and your marketing strategy. You truly hold all the answers. It's just about using the tools and supports and resources to uncover them. So if you loved this episode, please don't forget to leave us a review that is always just makes my day, first of all. But my team and I work really hard to produce these podcasts for you. So we would love to hear what you think. Please snap a photo and share over on Instagram, Teacher by Naptime. You can tag me. Also, don't forget to grab your companion magazine. Each month we are releasing a magazine to go with that particular podcast uh, episode or two. And you can go and download that magazine and you can look at it. You can print it. There's lots of extras and bonus content. There's an entire bonus interview in that magazine. So go and download that at alyssamcdonald.com slash magazine. And I'll see you in the next episode. Don't forget to DM me, Teacher by Naptime, on Instagram with your listener questions so that I can answer them on the next podcast. And of course, please review this podcast. We so appreciate every review. We will be reading some of the reviews out loud in episodes this season. And so we really need you to please snap a photo, share, review, whatever you can do to spread the word. If you have a teacher friend who's looking to start an online business or grow their online business, please share this podcast with them if you think they will find it helpful. Hope to see you in the next episode and I hope you enjoy this new format of season three.